Hey, you. Can I tell you a secret? I'm actually from the future, and I've traveled back in time to tell you that these first couple episodes might sound kind of bad. And that's because we were just starting out. So for episodes one through six, the audio quality isn't as good. But don't worry, as most things in life, it gets better. Starting with episode seven, the hottest sports entertainment thing in the world. Once again, this is a reminder from the future. We have social media now on all major social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if that's your thing. And just wanted to remind you to give us a follow, a like, or even check us out. Now, I'll get out of your way and go back to the future and let you enjoy the episode. Have fun. Before we get started, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome once again to our show, Searching for MacGuffin, with your host, George, Gabe, and Link. This is episode five, and today is going to be the final topic in our top fives. Yes, today we'll be talking about our top five favorite movies. If you want to know us, if you want to know a little bit more about us, I I suggest you go back to our free, four previous uh, podcasts and check out our top fives for comics, anime, video games, TV shows, and now I guess we're you know, now you figure out what our top five movies are. So I guess I'm gonna start it off, and in my top five, I have an animated movie here, a 3D animated movie. See, I guess that's what you would describe it. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. You haven't said the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. So I love animated movies. So that's why I'm really excited about this one, and I I believe it's called 3D animation. But it is the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Wow, that is a dark horse pick right, right there. I love that Top movie. Five? <laughs> of all time. See, no, that's why no I'm judgment, saying no like judgment. this is what I'm saying like these are the movies that produce the most joy, that spark the most joy, and I would watch over and over again. And I love Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That's awesome. Okay. Um, it also it's also the movie that introduced me to Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and I love those two movie directors. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that did Lego Movie. Uh, 21 Jump Street. Solo. Um, Rip Solo. So, <laughs> that's the... No. I wanted that. I know some of you guys didn't want that. I really wanted them to direct a solo movie. I believe in them. I believe Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy screwed up there. <laughs> okay. But that's just me. I'm a big fan of their guys. Phil Lord is from Miami. He's one of us. One of us. One, one of us. us. <laughs> so, yes. Um, and Phil Lord also... They also produced... Uh, the new Into the Spider-Verse movie, which one was one best picture two years ago, right? Animated. Animated, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Animated picture two years ago. Right. So I love these guys. They're the, they're, they, this is the first introduction I had to them, and I was blown away by their sense of the sense of humor of the show, of the movie, the the heart in it as well. I see that they always have this theme of father-son or parent-child uh, relationship in most of their movies. Men-Wookie. Men-Wookie. <laughs> 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 So so yeah, so I love Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I know that there are other better movies like 
Uh, you know, Pixar movies tend, tend mm-hmm. to be better than it. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that I absolutely love. It's hilarious. I love Flint Lockwood. Flint Lockwood? Flint Lockwood, <laughs> I got my eye on you. If I could, I would invent a spray that becomes shoes. <laughs> and I just I just love the wow. movie so much. So yeah, wow. that's my, I guess this is my dark voice. Well, looking on the bright side, by the way, in regards to the solo fallout, I think that them not working on that or not finishing that fast-tracked into the Spider-Verse. So. Sure. So there's there's always a bright side, I think. Either way, Disney won. <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> Although I don't think Disney makes any money off of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Sony. right. Sony. Sony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sucks to suck. All right, Gabriel, your turn. All right. So kicking off my list, uh, I'm gonna go with one of the movies that I had just an amazing experience in the theater, and then it's for me. I can watch it anytime it's on the TV, and that's gonna be Interstellar. Oh wow. Yeah, Interstellar for me, I mean, obviously, we'll get the soundtrack out of the way. <laughs> soundtrack is amazing, and a lot. Of, I know a lot of people tend to say, oh, like Hans Zimmer fooled us into thinking Interstellar was a good movie. <laughs> and I, when I read that, I was like, do they have a point? But looking back on it, I mean, I had to go back and watch it again, and, and when I watch it, it's just, I don't know, it's something about it. Like, I think back to the first time I saw that movie, I was coming, I was finishing high school, and it was like one of those first times where like I was driving myself mm-hmm. and I went to the movies and I saw that by myself and I was just, I had it like, I don't know what it was, an out of body experience, whatever you call it, but watching that with the music, with just the ambiance, being by myself, being just really present there, not having really, really any distractions, it was, very, I don't know, it just, it's a moment like, like how you said, Link, it's a moment like it just sparked joy. Um, it made me feel some type of way yeah. and right. like that feeling like has stayed with me and I can watch that at any point some people feel like it's really intense yeah. like i was watching it like with a friend one time and they're like i have to stop watching this this is too much for me right now <laughs> and i was like oh okay i didn't know like i love that stuff but yeah. like it can be too much for some people it can be too intense yeah um but for me i took that as like wow this is it's very moving and i, I mean it made me uh a firm believer in matthew mcconaughey yeah. All right, all right, all right. There was a there was a couple of times. I mean, because I remember he was like the rom com guy. Like, mm-hmm. I remember seeing those DVDs around and like watching him with some of the movies. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from the rom coms. And then I'm watching him in this, and I'm like, wow. And I hadn't um, seen uh, Dallas Buyers Club at the time. And oh, that predates this. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. I think so. And so, after that, I was just kind of like. I really like this guy. And then uh, going on top of that, like he also had um, the his Oscar speech for Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, yeah. Right. And I was like, man, this guy is... Cool. This guy is awesome. Like, yeah, he's just so... so like, cool. The whole, the whole speech was just so like... Like, I don't know if he planned it or if he didn't, but it's like it came out like so smooth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, like... And the performances and Hathaway, the surprise with uh, Mr. Damon in there... That one yeah. got me too. That one, and that kind of threw me off. It was like, is this like a Martian like, like <laughs> yeah, crossover? Uh, like, what's <laughs> happening right now? Um, but yeah, definitely, that's that's definitely up on my list. I'm with you. I think that movie is so strong, and uh, I know that it does have like a mixed reception, but I think it's the kind of movie that's deeper than it is on the surface, but not as deep as I think some people expect it to be. Yeah, you know, I think they're like going in like, you know, oh, how is this gonna be like, you know. It's going to blow my mind. And then when it's not, they're underwhelmed. But I, I mean, I think there's so many themes 
that you can extract from the film. Yeah. And it's also like your own perspective because it's not vague in a way, but almost like indirect where like you kind of bring who you are as a reader to the film. And it's and up to you how you receive it, how you take it, and, and what you get from it. Yeah, what does everything mean? What does it represent? It's interesting what you just said about like you've seen it over and over again. And I remember getting a ticket for this movie mm -hmm. that was like an all-you-can-eat pass to Interstellar because it was on so many formats. I don't know if anyone remembers, but they released a ticket that was like, you pay like 40 bucks or something like that, mm -hmm. and you can just watch it for the entire duration of a theatrical run. Oh, wow. So, no, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So like... So I got that because I'm like, I'm going to watch this at least like two or three times. And I did. You know, I think I watched it on like, you know, every different format, like IMAX and the regular theater in the, you know, 80 millimeter. Or what. And then once I was done with the movie, I was like, I still have this ticket though. And they're still giving it and stuff. So I just keep buying tickets to Interstellar and watching every other movie that was on the theater. <laughs> so it was like my movie pass before movie pass. Oh my gosh, it was like my A-list, you know, and like nobody cared. Like, so... I just kept going to all these different movies. So thanks, Interstellar. Oh. AMC Movies thinks that I saw your movie like 16 times. Christopher and Nolan I'm... would be so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nolan probably had like this, like, man, this guy George is really liking this movie. <laughs> yeah, why would he be mad? I'm pretty sure he's getting a cut of every ticket that I was buying. Because <laughs> no, you know how much of a PRST he is. Yeah, that is true, yeah. But I saw it in an 80 millimeter. That should make him happy. And the other thing you said about watching it over and over again, kind of back to Link, because I wanted to ask you on this. How many times have you seen Cloudy? Me? Yeah. Since it came out? Yeah. Probably like six, seven times. Like six, seven. That's, because that's interesting to me. Like the movies on my favorite list are like, I watched them like dozens of times. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's so interesting. Like to have a movie like on your top five that, you know, you've only watched a couple of times. And I, go ahead. Oh, well, sometimes it's like, sometimes it's, it's like, I mean, I'm not saying this in your case, but some people can treat it as like, this is like a special occasion. Like, this is my favorite movie. Mm. They, they hold it in such high regard that it's like, right. I'm going to have to be in a certain, like, I don't know, mindset or certain yeah. like setting that, I, that I'm going to watch this because I'm going to pay it reverence or respect or for whatever. So I can definitely see both sides of that coin. Mm -hmm. No, that's why I like it because it's such an easy movie to get into. Like, it's not that mm -hmm. deep or anything like that. Right. So I'm like, oh, she's going to watch it, laugh, cry, and be happy. I want to, back to Interstellar, I remember... You, you mentioned that you watched it multiple times in theaters. You took me one time. I think it was one of the first times you started driving and you took me with you. And I yeah, like, I remember. It was after I was like, I need to take everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to convince people to watch the movie. So I went and I was like, oh, this is this movie was good. I liked it. Not as much as... Uh, <laughs> Not as much as Cloudy with the Chains of Meatballs. is good, but it's no Cloudy. It's no yeah, cloudy. there was no uh, Flint Lockwood. <laughs> These are the kind of conversations we end up with when you do these deep dives. All right, I'm going to share my first pick, and it's going to be a softball, and it might be on some of your list in a way. Okay, I picked Star Wars. My favorite one is Empire Strikes Back. So I know it's kind of like a traditional choice for your top five, but I mean, if Star Wars doesn't make my list, who am I kidding? You know, so Empire Strikes Back. For all the reasons that probably anyone who's listening to this has already heard a thousand times, you know, that cliffhanger, you know, the one where the one where the bad guys win. That was a new experience for me when I was growing up, yeah. you know, that is way different than anything else. I think it's expertly directed. I think it's nearly flawless as a film, even with all the changes that Lucas has made over the years. Very little has been changed except like a few technical touch ups. You know, if I'm not there's nothing terribly egregious you know um in empire strikes back or or 
not even not that Lucas's changes change terribly egregious thing, yeah. but rather not even him. He couldn't go back and like really tinker. I think he changes like the voice of Boba and like the projection of the Emperor to more match you know the rest of the movies. But you know, other than a few little technical aspects, there's no like giant musical sequence. But, that no, he adds. but no one talks about the changes that he makes in that movie. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, it's Erwin Kirshner is a great director in that film. Um, some of the best performances from everyone. I mean, the famous, you know, I love you. I know, you know, it gets, what a line. it gets so romantic. <laughs> it gets like repeated to us in Return of Jedi, but it's kind of a callback. It's not as powerful. You know what I mean? Things like that. Just that, that downer. Uh, and that like anticipation, like what happens next? Uh, I grew up the with all the movies out already, obviously. Yeah. So like the movies had already, you know, been out for years when when I was growing up. So it was like we must watch the next one right now. I need to know what happens right now. I can't imagine the pain of waiting years for the resolution, re- the resolution of Empire Strikes Back. Especially when that first one came out. Mm-hmm. Like, people must have been like, "What did I just watch? Yeah. When I, when can I watch more?" And then you have to wait, and then mm-hmm. yeah, no. I mean, we're, I feel like we're kind of spoiled where we are now, but... Yeah. But, well, like, but even with A New Hope, or with what would come to be known as A New Hope, with the original Star Wars film, there's a finality to it. It's like, yay, the good guys win and the bad guys. That's true. And there's some loose ends that you come back to, but with Empire, you're like, yeah, I need to know right opinion. now what happens. Yeah. And then that's kind of like, that's the first time I experienced that. And now, like you said, we're kind of spoiled. We've, like... All over the everything is like okay, and we're kind of numb to the cliffhanger cliffhangers because we know that they're happening in every major series yeah. that we're watching. So we're like, oh, awesome! But I'm already prepared to like you know wait a year or three, you know. Do you have any on your list, Star Wars? Movies? Star Wars, n- not n- no, not really. Okay, I'll I'll go next just because I have one of them, and that's um actually gonna be the one after Empire. It's Return of the Jedi, Ooh. and. Personally, I, I mean, I know Empire is the better film, but um, watching that, watching the series as a kid, obviously Star Wars was, it was, the first one was great, like, I love, I love all of them, but Empire... All of them? Oh, all the original shows? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The other one's <laughs> okay. a different story. <laughs> no, that's that's not true, because when I was a kid, I did enjoy, yeah, I did true. enjoy, there was a lot of that aspects that I did enjoy, and then when I watched them all, I was like, oh, well... But going back to to Empire, this the the feeling that you got when the bad guys won the cliffhanger, I felt like terrible. Mm-hmm. I was like, they just they just cut off my favorite character's hand. Like what? Vader won, and then it was just to me. I was like, man, the bad guys won. I don't like this feeling. Yeah, Solo's dead. Cause for all we know, Solo's yeah. dead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it was it was just a time where I was like, I was I was really young. I was like, I'm not used to this. Like I just I wanted. I mean, I like the, the, the kind of like the, I was even sad in, in A New Hope when, when Obi-Wan dies. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and to this day, I don't know, I mean, I don't, like everyone says it and, but I never really believed that, that Vader's the one that killed Obi-Wan. Right. I just always thought like he just like disappears yeah. in the mm-hmm. course like, before yeah. that. But a lot of people like want to argue, he's like, no, Vader kills him. What are you talking about? And I was like, I didn't get that from it, but. I didn't see that. But whatever. The so going on to return, I mean, but he stomps the thing on the Vader's confused himself, is yeah, kind of the cue to it's the like, audience. Yes, sure. that's, that, like, I mean, that's that's how I took it as a kid, and that's yeah. how I still dig it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but with in return, like, 
seeing like Luke in the beginning, Jabba's palace, and and once he like ignites the green lightsaber, that's iconic for me. Like I will always be uh, a diehard ignite the green fan. Like I'll always speak in in favor of it um, because of this movie. This movie just just kind of like captured um, the hero that Luke is, but also that kind of like family that they have together. Um, Luke, Han, Leia, Lando, and even the droids is when Chewie as well. Okay, I was about to say you better include Chewie. Oh, of course. I'm not, this isn't a new hope. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's a, it's a very, it's a very huge and special moment. Obviously, um, Anakin's redemption. There's so many things for me that makes this movie so great. And it was actually one of the changes actually that we were talking about, um, that they changed, um, Yub Nub. The song at the end. Uh-huh. I agree to disagree, but yes. To the, <laughs> I don't know how people don't agree with that. But I, I personally, but that's fine. I mean, okay. So that's but that's something that you I, grew I up why. with. That's yes. something you grew up that's, with. Ultimately, and... that's what it is. Because like, may, if I look at it objectively, yeah, the new song is better. But it's like, it's impossible for me to look up objectively because I grew up like 50 times probably I heard the original song. So now it's just something strange and new and different. And I can't objectively be like, oh, it's better. You know what I mean? Because it's just not what happens in my so, heart. So it's the exact same position because yeah. the actual first time that I saw it was right. the a specialized the 90s, version. The 97 right. version, I think yeah. it was. And that to me was normal. And I loved it. So when I heard it, I was like, what the heck is this, <laughs> man? Are you kidding me? And just so, that yeah, the, the, the victory finale, just the song, just seeing everyone huddled up. The victory celebration, like, and all the additions of the of the cities and stuff like that. I thought those were pretty cool additions, uh, like with Coruscant and yeah, stuff at the that's end, true. and just that that shot of them at all at the end, just e. like ET, e. exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and just that shot of them at the end with the song, and then how it cuts into the into the theme, to the main theme, like that's that's on my list. That has to be on my list. It's one of my right. favorite memories, and it's my favorite Star Wars movie, um, even though Empire they right. I think one of my favorite things about Jedi is so much that goes unsaid. It's like Luke shows up with a black cloak and you're like, is Luke evil now? And then, but he isn't. But also they don't address that all. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? Like, why is Luke emo <laughs> now? What is, what is, what is happening? And it's just like, it doesn't care. It doesn't care. I'm going to tell the story. You fill in the blanks. And like so much of that, like, you know, what are Vader's, uh, you know, what is his motivation? Yeah. You know? So much of that is just up to interpretation and that and it's it's what makes a film great where you're like still talking about it like decades and decades, decades after. Yeah. Link, what 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 were you th- did you think of Star Wars at all when you were making your top five? Did I think of Star Wars at all? No, I didn't. Okay. However, my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One. Okay. I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great film. Watched it with Gabriel. Cried with Gabriel. I cried. I I have video evidence of me and Gabriel crying in the movie theater. That was around the time that that Carrie had passed away. And it was just like seeing her there, like how they they did the computer stuff and the the actress. I don't know. It was just an emotional time. But I think that one was more of like the surprise. I, I remember coming back to school the next day. Like I was teaching and my students would come to me and it was like, there was this... Hispanic kid who like barely spoke a word of English like you know just a few phrases of Edward he was like for your Star Wars and he's like and, and like in his own like broken English he was like invader pow and oh I was on the floor uh, I could <laughs> oh it was amazing 
was just like, yes, yes. You didn't know anything anybody was saying in the movie, but you, like, ate, pulled at your heart. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Star Wars is a, is a universal language. <laughs> That's, that is true. We don't need English for this. <laughs> All right, so the next movie I have on my list is, I guess, most related to Star Wars. Not a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. but similar genre, and there's an actor in it that is now in Star Wars, and that is Attack the Block. Okay. I really enjoy that movie. The reason why this movie is so special to me is because I watched it, like, a couple of weeks or a month early before it came out on a special premiere with my friend, and we immediately fell in love with the movie. We fell in love with actors. We, you know, John Boyega as Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses. Moses. Yeah, we were, so shocked. we were so shocked by how good this movie, because we had no idea right. what this movie was. I had, I had no, no expectations, that. and I was blown away. It's a very simple movie. You know, it's no Star Wars, but the graphics are amazing. Mm-hmm. The monsters are like, okay. They look like, <laughs> they look like stuffed animals. But, but it was just so good, and the reason why I love it is not many people actually seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like it's mine because I was there when it happened. Right. I remember I was watching the Colbert Report. No, I'm sorry. The Stephen Colbert's late night show. Not the Colbert Report, the current one. And he was saying how when he watched Star Wars, A New Hope, two weeks before it came out because he had like a special screening. And so he felt like Star Wars is his. And that is how I feel about Attack the that Block. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So I love this movie. I love John Voyega. He's literally... My favorite, like, I was so excited when they casted him as, as in Star Wars as Finn. And I was just so disappointed. I mean, I'm really disappointed what they did with him at the end. Mm-hmm. But I just, he's, I, I always root for John Boyega no matter what. Yeah. And I just want him to be one of the most popular actors in all of Hollywood. Because of this movie. Because I feel like I started off with him. Because you knew him when he was, you know, cutting his teeth. Young exactly. His teeth. Young ghetto boy in yeah. South London. That's funny that you're throwing back to when... We would go to these premieres. Like, I remember standing in lines waiting to watch a movie a couple of weeks or even a couple of just days, you know, earlier. Being in one line and seeing a line for another movie, I was like, yeah. what are they watching? How can I get into that line? You yeah. Know? And just, it, it, you create this connection to films and film like any other art, like everything we've talked about the past couple of weeks, it, you just create this connection to it based on your experience with it. Mm. You know, it's it doesn't exist in a vacuum, you know? And it's like, King Kong, the Peter Jackson movie. Mm-hmm. I remember that I went to a screening and it was like a month early and it was the studio was doing it directly. So they gave us popcorn and t-shirts and they, you know, and we had like the best seats in the house. And to this day, I love that movie for no reason. Because it's like, then I look back and I was like, this movie's not that great. This movie's <laughs> too long. But you know what? I'll never change the way I felt that night that I was with King Kong, Peter Jackson's <laughs> King Kong. <laughs> But staying on the sci-fi category, the next film on my list is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Judgment Day. This is this might be um, one of the first grown-up, if it wasn't the first grown-up movie that I ever saw. And I hadn't even seen Terminator. So like I think I had my older brother explain it to me. He's like, he was the bad guy in the first one. And that's why she's scared, you know? And that's it. That's the context that I had. But everything about it is just so B.A., it's just so basically the 90s distilled into a cup, like leather jackets, guns <laughs> and roses, semi-trucks jumping off bridges, <laughs> shotguns, like, and just the special effects. To this day, the T-1000, yeah. oh so yeah. it it's still 
it still holds up. And that's amazing. And then, like, so people talk about James Cameron being this great director, which I believe that he is. But, you know, people uphold his most successful movies like Titanic and Avatar. And they're great achievements in their own way. But to me, Terminator 2 is what, like... It's the best movie. Yeah. It defines it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the director's cut that they have, like, on DVD and Blu-ray. And they have it on digital now, too. Where like they add a bunch of things like Arnold smiling, trying to learn how to smile like a human. Like <laughs> it, the, that cut is even better than the theatrical film. And I didn't think you could improve on like on a classic, but that movie is just that's the benchmark that sci-fi has to stand. That modern sci-fi has to stand up to. Like if you're like an epic, then you have to like measure up to Star Wars. But if you're like just on the ground with a robot or an alien or something, you know, yeah. then Terminator Two. Because I, I, ha- I hadn't experienced a movie that felt so real, like so outside of the real world. You know what I mean? So Terminator 2, and and to this day, like I'll just, I'll buy into anything Terminator. And if a bad Terminator movie's, I'll be there on the first day. I'll be disappointed. But like, I'm there for the whole ride. Terminator, I'll check out anything Terminator because of Judgment Day. I uh, <laughs> My first experience with Terminator was watching it. In Telemundo, in Spanish. <laughs> I love playing that movie. So I, yeah, really do. At least when I was growing up, they loved playing it. So uh, I just, I love the movie. I've never seen it without, <laughs> without <laughs> commercials. <laughs> and then I, I saw it in English, yeah. but in another on you know in another TV channel, so there were commercials there as well. But and all the curse words are. Right. Yeah, and the Hasta la Vista part makes a lot more sense when it's in English. <laughs> <laughs> so does that line stay like yeah, unaltered? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> So, so yeah, he's you, got, you were traumatized. It's like, did it go back to Spanish? What happened? <laughs> but I really enjoyed that movie, but I'm scared of it. Why? I don't know. I'm just, you saw it young? Yeah, I saw it young. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, that's I, why I, I'm like, uh, I don't want I'm not scared of it now because, like, I feel like I overcame my fear. But right. when I was a kid, I was kind of terrified. Yeah, I was terrified. Because I saw, I saw T2, and then it was right around the time T3 was coming out. Yeah. And it just gave me, like, this, like, are we, like, no one's ever really going to win. Like, this is so like yeah. hopeless. Like I just felt a disparaging feeling, but then watching, I'm like, man, this movie's awesome, man. This movie's so. And I good. never watched like when I was watching it. I never watched the first one. Right. So I was always confused. I'm like, why is it two? Is this a Star Wars type of thing? Cause <laughs> Episode they never, two. Because they <laughs> never, because they never played right. uh, the first one. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? I wonder why that is. Why do you think it is that they never like? play Terminator 1 as much as Terminator 2? Is it just because it's way older? Is it... Is it? I I feel that like Terminator 1 is like way more R-rated than Terminator 2. They're both rated R. But I always feel like Terminator 1 is like so much stronger and grittier. And But either way, it's also the shadow of the Terminator 2 cast. Because I went back, you know, later and watched it's Terminator not, 1 and I was like... It's not as good. Oh, it's like, uh, Visually, it's, it's not as... Yeah. Like I mean, Mad it's older, but... You think you can compare it a little bit to, like, Mad Max? Like yes, Mad Max? absolutely. Well, because they both have a similar origin, because I've looked into it, and I know I, that, like, Terminator 1 is a low-budget film. Yeah. And, like, Cameron was, like, studying in the school of Roger Corman, you know? So the whole mm-hmm. point is, like, make the movie you want with as little money as possible. And with that, it's a grand achievement, and so is Mad Max. But then, like, when the budget goes up yeah, for when this, you get the, yeah, when, when you get, like, so Road Warrior, like, it's like... And that was the same thing. I saw Road Warrior first, was a, was floored and then I went back and saw Mad Max and I was like it's a bunch of Australian guys in pickup trucks going through paper trailers like <laughs> you know it's again with what they have it's a, an immense achievement but like 10 years later with like 10 times the budget 
that was that was another one that I got a similar feeling with, like, like uh, with Matt, like with the second one. I was like, right. this this movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to the to the first one, like, I'm depressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it was so like intense. It was so strong, and I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, I was young when I saw. It. I should have been watching in the first place, right? Yeah. For sure. But still, like, even to this day, like, I'm not like. I think the movie's a great film, but it's not something like I'm gonna rewatch all the time. That's right. just one that I'm like, eh, I'm kind of like, if someone's gonna watch it, if we're all gonna watch it together, then sure. Mm-hmm. But on my own, probably not. Yeah. All right, so you have three. You, you mentioned three. How many have you mentioned? I've mentioned two. You wanna go? Yeah. yeah. So next up on my list, calling back to Peter Jackson, uh, the this series is huge for me. Uh, it's Lord of the Rings. I thought you were going to say The Hobbit. <laughs> I'm like, what you, oh no, what you doing? No, it's actually on my mountain. Yeah, no. For reasons I won't even discuss. But anyway, <laughs> only the Battle of Five Armies is on my list. You mean there was more than one movie? Yeah, there, yeah unfortunately. There was three. <laughs> like, yeah. let's so for Lord of the Rings, the whole the series as a whole, oh, like, oh, yeah, it'll it. take me a whole entire day. I don't care. I'll watch all through it. But if I had to pick one, I think for me, I think the best one is the Two Towers. But for me, my favorite is Return of the King. Okay. Yeah. I for me, yeah, I yeah. I've I've noticed that I tend to be that that finale type of like I enjoy the finale. The optimist, the happy ending. Exactly. The sequel. The sequels are like, as I as I grow older and like my my taste change, I can, I can objectively see that yes, this is a better film. It's a better movie. Through and through. I mean, that's not saying like it's what it's miles ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just they're all so close. Out, like, really. Exactly, yeah. they're so close. But I mean, going back to like with Return, like Return of the Jedi, Return of the King. I just I must like when I was a kid, I was a sucker for the happy ending for the hero Aragorn, Luke Skywalker. Like those are my guys. Like those are the people. Like I mean, I looked up to as a kid. Like I love the movies and and just seeing that like just the epicness, the the grandeur of of that finale, especially watching because i watched it in theaters with everyone mm-hmm. and that was what 2002 2003 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, i was like what six seven so it was just it was just kind of like it was a lot to take in but i was like this is amazing but at the same time when I, when when we got the the dvd editions the extended cut editions mm-hmm. and i watched them like even this better is, makes more this sense. Is so much better yeah right. like it was it was incredible and and I mean, hats off to Peter Jackson because that those three films. That's honestly, yeah, like, back to back to back, like that was incredible. Yeah. That's the greatest fantasy movie, in, in my opinion. I think those so. are that that trilogy. I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I agree. Like, I mean, the the cast, the actors, fantastic. Yeah. You can't go wrong. To me, Lord of the Rings is to fantasy what Star Wars well, is to science fiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's and if you have to put them in the same category, because like for example, there's so much fantasy in Star Wars, like fantasy tropes in science fiction. But like I'd say that Lord of the Rings is the Star Wars of this generation. Yeah, you know? I agree. You know, and some people might say, "Oh, well, you know, there's not like as large of a fandom. It's not as you know pop culture." But there was a large period that Star Wars like had faded, you know, and it, it's in a resurgence now. And we'll talk a little bit about that, you know, in the weeks to come. But, I, but I think that Lord of the Rings it's gonna bounce back. I never read yeah, Lord with the shows coming up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a whole new generation that's gonna go back and yeah, experience. Yeah, super them. excited for you know those four K transfers. With a new show and a new anime, you know, it's I think it's gonna pick up. I never read the Lord of the Rings books before the movies. I you know, I went to parochial school, so they weren't exactly on my reading list. 
You know, I read The Hobbit as a kid out of curiosity. I'd seen the like little cartoon movie, Same, yeah. you know, but I had never seen like The Return of the King or The Lord of the Rings animated one. You know, I know they have those as well. Um, so I went in blind. I was like, I don't know what this is going to be about. Like me and my wife, my, my girlfriend at the time, were just like, let's go. Let's go check it out. It's like the new hot movie or whatever. Wow. Were we blown away? You know, was this for fellowship? This was for fellowship. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, you know? And then, and I remember at the end of it where like, it just went on and on and on. And then it finished and it was like, where's the resolution though? There's no resolution, Mm -hmm. but I did not feel gypped. I felt, I was, I felt like I got tons of a movie. I got like, I got a rising action and a falling action, but it didn't. It didn't resolve. Yeah, there was it, no thing in mind. Yeah, it just incited a new journey. And I was like, where is this journey? When am I getting this? And I had to look it up. A year? But, and then the, the like, checking out the extended editions. Oh, before we move on, what, what was that like? Like, how did you find out it was coming in a new year at the time? Um, uh, I think I went online, just went online, and I was like, oh, this guy, Peter Jackson, filmed these movies back to back. So, like... They'll be done, you know? And then as the uh, release for Two Towers Approach, like word of the extended edition coming out on DVD, and I had already bought it theatrically. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm down for more of Fellowship of the Rings. Yeah. For sure. And then that became a yearly tradition for the next few years. It was like, I will get the extended one right before the new one comes out, and then I will watch the new one. And then I will wait a year to watch the extended edition of this one right before the yeah. third one comes out. Oh, wow, so you watch them like after the release of the, first, of the each individual film. Yeah, exactly, wow. absolutely, yeah. So I was there on day one in the theater for all three of them. Yeah. I was there day one for the extended edition DVD, those beautiful like four disc sets with well, the maps. The colors, right? Is that the color yeah. one? Yeah, the, yeah, red and blue. That will always stay in my mind because yeah. that was around the house. That was, that was like... It was the the Star Wars trilogy, the original mm-hmm. trilogy, yeah, and the and the the colored um, Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. for me. Those those most like iconic like um, DVD sets and VHS. Yeah, and I remember when Return of the King. Then it's like year four, like re- a year after Return of the King came out theatrically. Now it's you know the Christmas where Return of the King extended comes out, and then it had a little cutout where it's like if you have the UPCs for these three, you'll get the case where they all go in. And I was like, mm. time to cut out the UPCs <laughs> from the other two. And like, and then just waiting for it. Four to six weeks. Oh, how grueling. <laughs> and like, you know, and then eventually it came and you put all three of them in. So unfortunately, Lord of the Rings didn't make my short list. Um, but go ahead. Yeah. So the third one in my movie, this is the only Disney movie I have. I love this movie so much. It's my favorite Disney movie of all time. Although I'm a hardcore Pixar fan, this it, I love these movies. This movie so much, and that is The Emperor's New Groove. I think that is the best Disney movie <laughs> ever made. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I I bought it. You know, I bought it. You know, I, I bought. I think, I think it was the first movie I ever bought with my own money. <laughs> when I was when I was eight and thirteen. You saw this theatrical? No, I didn't know. Like oh. I bought the actual VHS. Before you saw the movie? Yeah. Oh. Like, oh, because you see the commercials. I'm like, oh, this movie looks funny. I don't know what it's about. Okay. So I had like 17... This is a blind buy. Yeah, $17.50. So I'm like, all right, let me buy it. <laughs> I went to Toys R Us. I bought it. And I loved it. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I just kept on watching it over and over again until it got to the point where I just could recite the whole movie by memory at the time. So I just love this movie. It's hilarious. Goose go. Goose go. <laughs> yeah, it has putty. Squeaker, squeak, squeak. <laughs> squeaker, squeak. <laughs> It's, I, in my opinion, name a funnier Disney movie than that one. 
a funnier Disney movie than The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, and you know me, I love comedy, right? Yeah, okay, because I think when you say funnier, it's like just clearly like just laugh after laugh. Like, yeah. Like, don't even care what the plot is. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I get like Aladdin's really funny, but then it's like a bunch of serious moments and a bunch of plot-driven moments. <laughs> so it's not funnier because it's not just like a joke every single line. Yeah. You know, so... I just love the movie so much. It's hilarious. I think Cusco should be a Disney prince. I don't know why they haven't uh, put him up there. I with, think, what no, is his official title in the movie? Is he a he's the emperor. He's the, the emperor. emperor of Peru. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just make him, well, make him a I Disney guess it's prince. Not a Disney, he's not a Disney emperor. There's no such. But yeah, like Cantemir stole the whole movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, they have, like, Disney stars. <laughs> that that would be a weird <laughs> brand. I'm not sure. Like. But yes, I this my, that's Disney my... dignitaries. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can see why that would be your favorite. Now that I like, I think about it because that movie. I mean, you're right; it is hilarious. hilarious yeah. yeah. And I think like the one of the biggest things for you is like you love comedy, right? Exactly. And if that's like a staple, that's like you. This movie has to be funny. If like I'm gonna just movie, if it's funny, I mean, you can enjoy. Yeah, it, yeah, of enjoy, exactly. But what you value the most is the comedy, comedy, and you love animation, obviously, and yeah. a mix of the two. I can see why. Yeah, yeah so that's why I like it. We're talking about a man whose Star Wars was too serious for his list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can see why he wanted a, a Christopher Lord and Miller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see why I was hurt. That, good okay. call, Kathleen. Good call. <laughs> no, Kathleen, you're wrong. Good call. It was just like the the cloudy with a chance of people's versions of of Han Solo. Though. That's what I wanted. <laughs> have Bill Hader play Han Solo. <laughs> Or have him, you know, just do every other actor. He can voice every every character in Star Wars. The have you seen now. Have you seen him do <laughs> Have you seen Bill Hader do a Tauntaun dying? Uh, what? Yeah, yes. Oh, he does a Tauntaun dying and it's hilarious. Okay. So you're saying in their movie Bill Hader would have played all the roles. Yes. Yeah. It's oh. like that guy from uh the guy <laughs> the guy from the Clone Wars that does all the clones. <laughs> Forgot the actor's name. Alright. So but, yeah, what about you, George? Um, your next movie, I you know, ironically, I don't have a Disney movie on my list. So many of them are so important. If I had to choose one, I think it would have been Aladdin, but it just edged out what is now a Disney movie, and it's on the top of my list. And I always say this to everyone. I try to share this with everyone who knows me, and so many people have read this book and watched this movie just because they know me, because I'm like, I put it into like every student's hand that I can. It's The Princess Bride. That's one of my all-time favorite movies um it has everything i mean the movie sells itself yeah yeah no that i mean that's on my list yeah oh okay all right i love that movie it has action it has comedy it has a professional wrestler it has (laughs) anybody want to be new you know it has it has great acting it has action you know it's it's just it, it has everything it's and that's how it sells itself right it's like the fantasy that has a little bit of everything and it's just such a like small film in essence like, when you think, like, fable, when you think, uh, you know, fantasy, you don't... It's so grounded, in a sense, because it's like, here's this cliff, and it's so obviously, like, a bunch of prop rocks on the stage, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? On the staging area, like, here's this hill, let's go film over there, you know what I mean? Here's this interior castle scene, but it just works. It's just because the script is so tight, the directing's so tight, Rob Reiner, that was, like, my first, uh, you know, exposure to him, and then when I was older, I would watch Spinal Tap, Love that movie. A Few Good Men. Love that movie. Yeah. You know, When Harry Met Sally. 
you know, and it's like all these different genres. I think he's like, yeah, he's great. I th- and I think he's underrated. He's I don't think so he, underrated. he doesn't come up in a lot of conversations with great directors. I mean, if you know Rob Reiner, then you know he's great, but not everybody knows Rob Reiner. And, and Billy Crystal, like so many of the relationships, quote unquote, that I built with actors come out of that movie. It's like, I will always watch whatever Carrie Eels or Billy Crystal or P- Mandy Patankin is doing. It's like, it's like the Terminator. Yeah. Like, you follow it wherever you go. They, yeah. they built a lifelong fan. Exactly. Wait, I'm trying, I can't, I'm completely blanking out. Who does Billy Crystal play in this movie? He plays Miracle Max, the like goblin, um, magician. He's in like slash makeup and stuff. Healer man. Oh, yeah. Okay. That he like, when, when Wesley dies, they take him there to resurrect him. He's kind of like, he's a goblin monster. He has like a wrinkly face and, and gray hair. It's like Dr. Frankenstein, basically. Oh, yeah, okay. and he has like a, he's, his wife is a Carol Kane, mm-hmm. I believe, and she's, and like, they're like a, an extremely Jewish version. <laughs> of, <laughs> I like, gotta rewatch the movie. Yeah, that the movie's amazing. Now, yeah, yeah and then he does the epic line like, uh, uh, good luck storming the castle. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Man, that's another thing. So many iconic lines. Oh, yeah, movie. absolutely, absolutely. As and you wish and conceive like, and the one actually, the one that stuck with me the most as a kid was, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die. Uh, yeah. I don't, that just always resonated, like Manny Patankin, and then I didn't even. I would start every fight that way, and they didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> but so it would scare half of them. Yeah. I mean, I would say that to my classmates, <laughs> not to start a fight, but I would just like quote it randomly, and they're just like, what? And then I wasn't until like I said it to somebody older, like mm-hmm. kind of like your age. Yeah, right. And they'd be like. How old are you? How do you know that? Right. And now now it's on Disney Plus and you can share with the whole generation. I watched it with my little niece. And I was like, I don't know if she's she's seven. And I was like, I don't know if she's too young for it. Like, she's gonna get bored, or it's gonna be like too romantic, you know, too slow. And she was like, I love it. I love Princess Buttercup, the movie. It's like my Princess Buttercup. Let's watch Buttercup. And then one thing that keeps me alive every year is that I have it on my honors reading list. So random students get to choose it for their project. And I've had them do like animations on it like short films like like create scenes based on the book you know and it's just like seeing my students create something based on this thing that i love it just it keeps me going and it was and since now we were like online this year they were doing it through the computer like they were at home and i was here and they're showing their presentations and my niece was there and she's like this is awesome this like it was like a like a paper mache like 2d animation Based on the story, like chapter by chapter, and she's like, "After this, we're watching a movie again." I see. <laughs> I see your ploy. You got your students to give you new Princess Bride content. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so epic, and it was on your list as well. Yes, yeah, that was definitely. I love that film. I think I love that film in part because you, mm-hmm. like you, you watched it a lot, and I think I, I, I love it from there. My father also really enjoys it, and, but I was able to really. Obviously, I saw it as a kid, and I liked it. Did I understand every element, every joke? Mm-hmm. No, but that I've, I fit, I've realized that a lot of times in my life, a lot of the, the things I've, I've watched, I've consumed, that are like important to me now, I saw them when I was younger. I didn't understand the full context of them, mm-hmm. but watching them as I'm older, kind of like, I, li- I enjoyed what I saw as mm-hmm. a kid. And then when I watch I, when I watch when I'm older and I have more context with it, I have like a deeper connection to it because it's like, I kind of grew with this. It right. kind of like it showed Absolutely. me how I've changed as a person as well, mm-hmm. but based on how I receive and how I take it, how I view this piece of art. Yeah, I I remember understanding it 
the older and older as I get, just like you said. Especially with when I was a kid, there's a lot of heavy accents in the movie. And it's like I would like memorize lines and like get them completely wrong and just like, oh, I know the lines. And then you grow up and now we have subtitles. It's like, that's what they were saying. That's what you say? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't have to sound like I'm saying. Yeah. And then like I read the book and I was like, like the fencing when they're going over the different styles of the fencing. I had no idea what anybody was saying in, in that scene. And then the book like it lays it out for you and you're like, oh, and it made me appreciate that scene so much more. So it's a never ending uh, relationship, me and the Princess Bride. Uh, since you guys both went, I think the, the fourth one on my list I have here, and this is probably the most serious movie I have. There's also a lot of comedy in it. And that is Inglorious Bastards. Mm. I think this is Tarantino's best movie. A lot of people might argue Pulp Fiction might be the best one, mm. but I think it's the best one. It has the best dialogue. Uh, it's Christoph Waltz, uh, like you know your Mike. list. You know your list is funny when the most serious movie <laughs> is Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. It's like yeah, I, I, this is Christoph Waltz like per- breakout performance here in America because he was pretty popular in Europe. Mm-hmm. But he does this and you know wins an Oscar immediately right. for best supporting actor as uh, as the Nazi character he plays. And I just love this movie. Brad Pitt is hilarious in this movie. That whole scene where they're bon talking, bon, that whole scene where they're yeah. talking, like trying to talk in Italian, <laughs> comedy, like it's gold right there. And I just, I love that movie so much. I think it's it's one of my favorites. You know, and that's that's the thing about like Tarantino. His style is so raw and like so unapologetic. Yes. But I feel like it's also so refined by the time we get to Inglorious Bastards, because it's like what you said. The dialogue is yeah. Yeah, what like what you said, like Pulp Fiction is the best thing. Yeah, sure, because it's like that gut punch coming out through mm-hmm. the day, through the gate. But the more mature he is as a filmmaker, the sitting on a scene, the like yes. really refining the yes. dialogue, the like keen the camera, all that other stuff. It's like this guy is a student of the game. Yeah, and you see that. You see what you're talking about mm-hmm. in that scene where he's. It's at, at, at the beginning. It's it's with Christoph Waltz and Shoshana, and you know, the, in the house trying to hide Shoshana. that w- scene. It's a, it looks like it seems like it's a one long take, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, what's going on here? So 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 suspenseful, and yeah, yeah it was beautiful. That scene, that whole interrogation, yeah, like, the, it was so uh, yeah, it captivates you right from the jump. It really does. So I see that in that, like you know, dragging out the scene, the, the little small the minutiae of it. Uh, even, R two. The, the scene in the bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yes. Like when he notices that subtle little, like, the three, three that he yeah, doesn't do yeah. it, like, in the German way. And it's, like, that scene, like, I felt, when I was watching, I felt so, like, I was gripped. I was so, like, into the scene. I was, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's yeah. Gonna happen? And he doesn't disappoint in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't, if he's going to do something, he kind of builds attention. Exactly. He builds he attention. Escalates. He escalates it very well. Yes. And it's yeah. kind of just, like. Not it's not like one of those like in a lot a lot of like either movies or TV shows that we see it's like something's building 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 and then nothing really kind of happens right. kind of like yeah. you almost get there but you don't Which because ends- your expectation kind of nullifies whatever the revelation is exactly the moment yeah with Tarantino I feel he like supersedes it. he he always he's always like no I'm going I'm I'm going hard with this yeah. I'm gonna go into it and I'm gonna indulge and even in that scene that you're talking about in the bar you know. It, how the expectations just keep on getting higher and higher, and you're like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Right after, there's comedy because it's Brad Pitt right. from up, you know, upstairs trying, like, you know, just trying to ask, "Hey, are you with us or you're against us?" But it's hilarious. It breaks that tension there. Yeah, there's there's almost a sense in Tarantino's filmmaking that like I kind of relate to in a sense where like he's doing brilliant work, 
and like he's talking about something really serious but before you can like criticize whether he's doing it effectively it's like i'm not even really i'm kind of just playing around like i'm not even really and you're like this guy is excellent but he doesn't care that he's excellent like because he's just gonna make a joke of the whole thing like a mm. minute later yes you know what i mean like self-deprecating yes in the tone of his filmmaking it's i mean but it, i think i think he utilizes it correctly though, yeah you absolutely. can use self-deprecating right. techniques but sometimes it doesn't play off sometimes right. it's like too much or not enough and it's like it just doesn't it doesn't um deliver yeah mm-hmm. like i'm a big fan of like robert rodriguez for example and mm-hmm. i think he's great but sometimes he can be overindulgent and i think like tarantino knows how to thread that line mm-hmm. yeah like oh with rodriguez i also think like he doesn't care like I, that's i made the movie for me you know and for my audience but i just think that tarantino is just like he lives in those two worlds like that's that's his best movie right? I, 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 I think agree, so i agree yeah i yeah. think it's his best movie yeah. how about you gabe what do you have? Uh, last one on my list is... Oof. This is... This one's near and dear to my heart. It's The Dark Knight. Oh, I have a question about that. We'll go, go on, go on. So, I mean, Batman. Yeah. There has to be a Batman. Right? Um, oh, I think <laughs> that there's um, something pretty... I mean, I have two Nolan films on my list. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoy Christopher Nolan's films. And yes, I was introduced to him by like his big blockbusters, but in going back, like Memento, and I think it was was it which is the one after before Memento, the following. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the following was before Memento. That's like I think it was film. yeah, it That's was a student the following. Film, right? Yeah, uh, Memento is. What comes after Memento? Is it Batman Begins? No. No. He yes, has one in the middle. Oh, uh, no, Prestige is after that, right? Yeah. Prestige is right after Batman Begins. But anyways, I digress. The Dark Knight, for me, I mean, obviously Batman, but the performances, you can go on and on. Heath Ledger, Christian mm. Bale, Michael Caine. Mm. It's just, it's, it's just so beautiful. But I think the, the, the special thing about this movie is how grounded he made a superhero. Yes. How... It's like, man, that could actually kind of happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, like, this could literally just be some crazy dude who, you know, decides what, like, that he's... bank scene. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, from the, exactly from the beginning. Right. Like, the tension it builds. And it just, it doesn't stop from there. Like, everything about that movie, I love, and it's beautiful. And, and I mean, even going into the next one, like I said before, mm-hmm. I'm a huge... That's what I was going to ask you, because you, you mentioned that your your favorite movies and trilogies are, like, the last ones. Exactly. And then there's this And one. this is the one that, like, kind of, like, stops it in its tracks, because I remember when we did, when Dark Knight Rises comes out, mm-hmm. came out, we watched all three of them. The three of us were in the theater. Right. We watched all three of them in a marathon, and that was one of my favorite experiences. Yeah, ever. Best, day, ever. Of my, best day of my life. Yeah. Ever. I peaked. <laughs> and so, watching... That for there was a while that I'm like, is Dark Knight Rises my favorite? But I realized that it was just because like the emotional like roller coaster that I went in that night. Yeah. That culminated with Dark Knight Rises. And mm-hmm. it's like obviously like I said, like I like finales, I like the the the, the great like endings, the happy endings and mm-hmm. things like that. But I went back to the Dark Knight. And I watch it. And I'm like, there's no, I can't, I can't compare. It. Like, mm-hmm. like they're great. They're both great. Like, Dark Knight Rises is a great film, and I love it. But I feel like that one is more my emo, like the emotions I had from that experience, kind of like 
picks it up way more than, yeah. than maybe it should. Yeah, right. But the Dark Knight, like emotionally, like I like I watched that movie with my mom. I was in New York at the time, and my mom like we were we were in the summer and we were in this uh, in New York for the summer, and it was just me and her. And I'm like, Mom, can I can we please go take me to watch the Batman movie? And that was like my first like that was one of my first like uh, I think truly like I, well, well the first one was uh, Avatar, but no. Yeah, Dark Knight was mm-hmm. my first in IMAX. Right. And that was like my first time. Like, I saw how much my mom paid. It was like $18, especially for those theaters in New York. Yeah. And, well, and I was cheap like, for New York. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And I watched, and so from the beginning, even my mom was into it. My mom, like, she didn't, she didn't really understand what was happening. She'd never right. seen the movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, even she was entertained. And we, like, and that's something that I keep with me because I don't, me and my mom don't watch movies together. Right. I, don't, I don't think that's ever really like aside from like Titanic when she put it on or whatever or like she doesn't really watch movies but she like she gets into them and she knew that I like I love them but that was one of the times the other only time I think it was that we watched a movie together was Attack of the Clones because she took me <laughs> and that was a just as good <laughs> so for this one like it was just it was a moment that I just remember like sharing with my mom which is very rare because I can share it with like my dad and like my uncles and other family members mm-hmm. my mom was very different and it's like a Batman movie that she didn't really understand much about. Like it was like, it was different. I know she didn't like completely understand it, but even she was entertained. Yeah. And just watching it at that point, like, it just cemented Batman for me. Um, like obviously I loved him as a character from the animated series, and I hadn't really read a lot of comics at the time. Right. So for me, like Bale is like was one of the main like figures of Batman. And I remember funny little side story for Batman Begins, when we all watched it together in the theaters. The whole movie, I thought Christian, like, I thought Batman was Tom Cruise. <laughs> I had never, I had never heard of Christian Bale. I had never heard of Christian Bale before. And the whole movie, I thought it was Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise is a great Batman. This is a great choice. And then the credits, and then, like, like we're talking throughout the movie, and it's like, that's, man, Tom Cruise did a great job. He's like, what are you talking about? It's Christian Bale. And I'm like, that's Tom. And I was defending it to the death. I was like, that's Tom Cruise. You can't tell me otherwise. And they're like, no. So I was like, all right, fine, watch. Then the credits roll down and it says Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne Batman. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, and it's just like Christian Bale for me, like he's Batman. Like obviously Kevin Conroy, I think to me is like the voice of Batman. Like he is, they're both essentially Batman, but like a visual, visual representation for me. I think it's from the films. And I mean, he's Pledger. Yeah. What can you say about the performance? You know what they should do? Someone should edit all the, the Dark Knight trilogy, but instead of having... Christian Bale's Christian voice. Bale's voice. Christian put, Bale's uh, Kevin Conroy's voice. <laughs> That'd be very That'd be all, it, Yeah. But, well, sorry? Yeah, that. But I just, for me, Dark Knight, yes, Dark Knight Rises. I mean, Batman Begins, like, even going Batman back, Batman having, to go, having to go great. through this listing, yeah. and I was like, Batman Begins is better than when Dark Knight Rises too. Like, right. No, 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 yes. But I think, I, again, for me, like, the like the ending of the tri- of trilogies, like, they hold a special place, and it's like, I mean, I love that, that film. But there's like there's no competition for me. Dark Knight like wins right. both yeah. ways. I honestly think Dark Knight is the greatest superhero movie ever. Yeah. And you have Endgame. Endgame's amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's something about Dark Knight that. Uh, Dark Knight doesn't need. Yeah, it doesn't. All the, all not that, that it's yeah. bad or anything, but, but it, it does. Yeah, it doesn't need. Yeah. Uh, I mean, man, I hate to talk another ten minutes about the Dark Knight, but this movie is so so powerful to me, and I have a very similar story as you the one you had with your mom it was like when uh, my wife's mother 
she was sick uh, with cancer and we were spending a lot of time at home taking care of her. And I was like, this is my opportunity to change this woman's life by watching every Marvel and DC movie that she has missed through. So we watched the whole Marvel gamut and she fell in love with Iron Man. Tony, 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 yo quiero Tony. Right? <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> but, but, but when we got to the Dark Knight, Rises hadn't come out yet at the time when we got to the Dark Knight and I remember watching Dark Knight, I'm like, this is gonna be, this is my favorite one and this is gonna hit her. And at the end of the movie, she's just, and again, like you said, like, you know, she, you know, she doesn't really speak English, you know, mm -hmm. but she's just, grabbed by this film and at the end she's crying and she's like pero por qué but why 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 batman didn't do anything wrong he shouldn't have to run like why are they after batman yeah. and just this anguish as to this grave injustice that has happened all because of the joker and it was like that movie is just so powerful mm. yeah and 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 the way that like you said, we saw them all together that one night because my experience was like Batman Begins was amazing when it so came out. Good, yeah. It was like, I, I was tired of everybody's origin, but we never get Batman's origin. Yeah. So this movie was amazing. Then The Dark Knight came and I was like, Batman Begins sucks compared to The Dark Knight, <laughs> right? But then when we watched all three of them together, it was like, it's like a loop because it was like, Dark Knight Rises is a sequel to Batman Begins also. Yeah. And it was like, oh no, they're both beautiful parts of a puzzle piece. And you can argue about whether they stuck the landing or not. But at the end of the day, I do think that the third chapter like suffered a little bit because of Heath Ledger's tragedy. Yeah, And I think Definitely. that if, you know, what was rumored that there would be some involvement between his character in the final chapter, taking that out obviously was a big... And I also think the emotions that we felt about losing Ledger during that time, yeah. in the height of that, makes it like the high point of the series. But I remember teaching Batman Begins for like years and years, like in public school, uh, the hero's journey. Like you can pick one movie like in the unit to like track the hero's journey. I'm like Batman Begins. It's perfect. It's archetypal. It's perfect. With that being said, none of those movies made my top five just barely because I actually chose Batman Returns instead. Mm. And again... Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. Which one? Batman Returns. Returns. That's the second one Tim Burton's film, okay, the okay, sequel okay. to Batman 89. Okay, it's not yeah. the... <laughs> I don't know why that my mind George went... Yeah, George Clooney and yeah. I'm like... Clooney's and Robin. Get out of here. Forever what? is with Jim Carrey. Okay. That was the first movie I ever watched, the... the the, the one with Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, yeah. No, oh, that is. Oh, that was another. That was another one with uh, Telemundo Love. Yeah, Telemundo Love. That was always on. But Batman Returns, and like it's like Link said, his list is like the movies that bring him joy. For me, it's those movies that shaped me. And I look at my list, and I was like, The Dark Knight, one of the best movies ever. But for some reason, on my top five was Returns instead, because I remember '89, Batman '89 was one of the first movies I ever saw in the theater. My dad took me, and mind you, it's probably 1990. I don't think it was 89 when I saw it. No, I'm sorry. That was a lie. Nine, Batman 89 is the first VHS tape I had. Mm. That was mine. I saw that at home. Then my dad took me to my first movie, and it was Batman Returns. Oh, wow. So I was like, Catwoman, Penguin, this whole thing, every oh, that gothic setting that Burden does in 89. And remember, we didn't get good, good superhero movies. Like, sure. there was like... Yeah, Superman, Batman, right? yeah, there was like Superman, and like that movie was really old, and I hadn't even seen it yet at that point, and everything else was terrible. Christopher Reeve Superman, yeah, the Christopher okay. Reeve Superman. So, so this was like this is a good movie, like the the setting that he creates in Batman ninety, he takes it to the next, yeah. you know, limit and returns. Everything is so beautiful. The music, Danny Elfman, and it was just like 
the way that Batman and Batman Returns shaped Batman the Animated Series, which we talked about, is one of my favorite series of all yeah. time. I've bought it 20 times. I'm constantly <laughs> watching it, sharing it with generations. Like, that was that was exactly what I believed Batman to be at that time. And he's so much more than that. But that just shaped, like, this is how you make film. And I love it. I love it. So Batman Returns edged out. And I'm glad that you brought the Nolan representation because I was also sad that I didn't have a Nolan film on my top five. These lists are hard to make. I Just guess I'm going to bring out the Zack Snyder representation because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I was surprised Dark Knight wasn't on your list, Link. You're always talking about this movie. I really it's am. It's not funny enough, right? It's not. Yeah. <laughs> You're always like, oh, uh, if, if it has Dark Knight, then I'll watch it or I'll play it. If it doesn't, then no. If it's as good as Dark Knight, then I'll play <laughs> it. If it's not it's, as good as Dark it's your benchmark. It is my benchmark, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the last one on my list, I think it's the funniest movie I've ever seen. If you've never seen this movie, I totally recommend it. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie so much. I remember I was in college when when I watched a trailer and they had this one line that I thought was so funny. It, it was these werewolves, right? And one of them cursed and the guy goes, whoa, 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 we don't curse. What are we? We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> and I don't know why. This movie haven't, hadn't come out yet. I'm like, that's it. I mean, that line got me, cooked me. And I watched it and I was not disappointed. It, it, I, love the, I love mockumentaries. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I love The Office and Parks and Rec. Right. And but it takes a mockumentary genre and it gives it a Taika Waititi comedy. Yeah, sense of humor to it, and I, I love Taika Waititi. So oh, it was just so great, so dry, and I just love that movie so much. Yeah. I I think so many of us have that like one line that sold us on a movie. For me, it was Rushmore. I saw the trailer for Rushmore and it was like, these are my OR scrubs. Oh, are they? And I was like, <laughs> I need to watch this movie yeah. right now. I don't know what it's about, but I need this movie in my life. Uh, d- 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 can you think of one? Get really out on the top of your head, or oh, I'd probably come out with a joke about like Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, oh, I don't blame it. I don't blame it. Yeah, but um, and it's funny when you said mockumentaries like Spinal Tap and like the other works. You know, from those people, those mockumentaries are like super awesome. And thank you what Titi's work is super awesome because I love like Hunt for the Wilder Hunt people. Hunt for the Wilder people, yeah. Um, what was the other one? The, the Jojo's one? Rabbit? Yeah, Jojo Rabbit based Jojo on Rabbit. the Marvel so guys. That, um, that's another one who you see him mature as a filmmaker. As a filmmaker, yeah. Because yeah. if you start out with Shark vs. Eagle or Eagle vs. Shark, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that. And then he does, what does he do that right afterwards? I forget. I'm not sure what he does. Yeah. But it's 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 uh it's funny. He just starts building up to it, and uh, I I just love Taika Waititi. He's great, and I, I really enjoy this movie. And you know they made a show about it, and I was very iffy about the show because it's not the same characters. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pro- it's produced by the writers and off. I mean the writers and and Taika Waititi. Uh, also, there's that flat of the Concords connection to it because Jermaine Clements is in it. Right. And I love I love Flight of the Concords. Uh, but yeah, they made this show, What We Do in the Shadows, and if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. I think it's one of the funniest shows currently on TV. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, There's also the Star Wars connection there too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Taika plays IG, the IG droid. He directs episodes. And he directs the, the Mandalorian. Yeah, episodes. And Mark's in the show now. Oh yeah, Mark Hamill is in season two of... Uh, 
What we do in the shadows? Oh, spoilers. Oh, spoilers. Oh. Asani, you had a pandemic. <laughs> you had a <laughs> Season 3 hasn't even started you yet. Had That's not a you had a pandemic. <laughs> I follow was Mark, a I follow Mark on Twitter. Yeah. On Twitter, so I just see it. Oh like, my goodness, that episode was so great. Okay, the you had a pandemic. I feel like there was more content than ever like to consume. The world the stopped just for us to catch up. Yeah, but I did not want to be in front of a screen. <laughs> okay, so I guess that leaves me with my last one, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And that is Fight Club. And this might be, depending on how depressed I am, or how cynical <laughs> I am, or how hopeful and optimistic I am, between this and Princess Bride, my favorite movie of all time. Fight, uh, just Fincher's directing. Fincher is one of the modern masters, I think. I love Fincher. Um, Brad Pitt is in, like... Sexy. The best form in this film. Yeah, he's, that's his peak. Yeah. Edward Norton, his performance is amazing. I, I fell in love with Helena Bonham Carter as a, as a character actress in, in this movie. The script is so tight. The book by Chuck Palahniuk is, is great source material. I love that book as well. Um, I, did you read it first or did you watch no, it? No, I read it after. I oh, saw okay. the movie, then I went back, and I was like, oh, wow. And, it, and it, what, I, what I love about the film is that it's a great companion piece to the novel mm-hmm. because it's like, I can't be like, oh, this one's better. Like, because there's things in the film that I'm like, oh, this is way better. Like, this is more palatable, yeah. you know? And then also the way it ends is perfect for a film. But then you go over to the book and the book is like more hardcore, maybe even more complex. And the way it ends is perfect for a novel. It wouldn't translate. Yeah. So they're, I recommend them to anyone. Fight Club is like the battle cry for my generation, or at least it's the one that I had the most like connection to like it was like this is how i felt and it was i'll always remember that line that was like um you know that about to paraphrase that every great every other generation had like a great war and our great war is a spiritual war you know oh. they had a great depression our great depression is our lives and like i just that resonated so much with me like the spiritualness but then after that in a post 9 11 world like when it was like oh this is this is that period. Like, I remember growing up, I was in high school at the time when the towers came down and I was like, oh, this is that thing, that monumental moment, like, in our generation that we were just sitting oddly by, like, waiting for. Yeah. So, it works on such a different level in a post-September 11 for those that went through that period that I just, it resonated, like, and it still does to this day. Fight Club. Yeah, that was definitely a, a good movie that I... I would see it, like, pieces, like, family members watching it, mm-hmm. but that was always when we were like, you're not watching this. Yeah, like, that was, like, you're too young, you're too young to watch it. And I'm like, I'm glad, because... I still think I'm too young to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt when I did watch it. I was like, oh, wow, I'm really glad I didn't watch this as a kid. Um, but watching it, um, and, like, and taking more into context, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so great. It makes you think, like, the performances... They're like, they're just so good. And like, for me, I just didn't, I didn't understand it at first. Like it was, it was something like, this is, this is too smart for me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. So I got watched and I'm like, okay, this was cool. I think I kind of get it, but I really, and then I watch it and I'm like, you catch more things. Like I feel like every time you watch it, you, yeah. you catch something different, a little bit different, or you take it in a different way. You take it in a different way. Absolutely. And, and I think films that can do that are just something that's truly special. I think what's powerful too is a film that opens up a dialogue that I don't necessarily agree with. 
there's a lot said in the film and like some of it is like that's me that's true to life that's that's the truest thing i've ever heard and then there's some things that's like i disagree with this like this is not this is totally like this is no way to world to view the world like yeah. it, it'll just lead to self-destruction yeah but to have the discussion to have those questions and i think for me and for a lot of people that if you watch this film you know i was of high school age if you watch it you know at a young age you're like nobody's asking these questions or at least nobody's asking them to me you know mm-hmm. nobody's bringing up these topics and just that rawness and the like i thought about it other people think about it you know to me that that was that was the connection that it made with me at the time all right well that wraps up our episode i guess so we've been doing every after every episode we've been recommending a movie yep uh so let's recommend one movie from your list don't say watch which one you would recommend uh i guess for my list it's a it's a tough one between what we do in the shadows and Attack the Block, but since not many people have seen Attack the Block, I recommend mm-hmm. go check out Attack the Block. It's great. What about you, Gabe? All right, so since most of my movies are in a series, I'll <laughs> make it easier for you, um, and they're all extremely huge blockbusters, uh, I would recommend The Princess Bride. Okay. okay, I'm glad you did that for me. So then I'll say Fight Club. If you haven't seen Fight Club, read the book, watch the movie. I don't think you'll be disappointed. You may not agree, but I think <laughs> it's an interesting conversation. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, join us next week as we talk about the state of t- Star Wars, where it currently is and where it's going to go. Uh, we, we all love Star Wars here, so I'm excited about that one. Yeah, this will be our first thematic topic. We're done with these top fives. Hopefully, you've gotten to know a little bit more about us, some insight into who we are and how we think, and that's what we're going to talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed in Star Wars. So until next time, uh, just keep on searching.